Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hi, welcome to the NASCAR DC Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan, here with Jeff Burton, who has graciously agreed to join me, volunteered to join me, for our post-Martinsville NASCAR NBC Podcast episode, setting up the championship for at Phoenix. We've got a lot to talk about, and I'm so glad that the mayor has volunteered his time. He's not even on the show tonight, and you came in to do this. Well, I want, it's Halloween. I wanted to show off my orange sweatshirt. <laughs> You're very festive. So, yes. <laughs> and who wouldn't be after this race Sunday at Martinsville? So it was won by Christopher Bell, which was amazing in its own right because it's the second time in the playoffs he's had this must-win situation and fulfilled that. We're going to get to Christopher Bell. But we got to start with Ross Chastain and this move that he made on the final lap, Jeff. He essentially pinned his car to the wall through turns three and four, drove into the wall at 130 miles an hour, kept it there all the way around, went from 10th to 5th, and ensured that he would make the championship four. So I guess I'll just start with like the most basic of questions. How did this work? Why does driving into the wall at 130 miles an hour and keeping it pinned there work? Why does that go faster than being on the bottom, which is the shortest way around? Well, essentially, not only did he put it in fifth gear, right. so knowing that he was going to be fat going faster, he had the wherewithal to switch to, to put it in fifth gear, stand in the gas, put it against the wall, on the back straightaway so he could enter all the way against the wall. And then when everybody's off the gas, he's using the wall to keep him from spinning out or moving up the racetrack or wrecking. I mean, he's actually using the wall to keep himself from wrecking and uh, just stayed in the gas. And literally, by the work that I've done, probably going 50 to 60 miles per hour faster in the center of the corner than everybody else. And it looks like 100 mile an hour faster, but simply he literally used the wall to keep from wrecking and by and carrying that much speed. I wonder how much the new car had to do with that, right? So you got different wheels, different tires, different body, all that kind of stuff. I wonder how big of an impact that had and the ability to do that because it's not the first time we've seen it tried. Carl Edwards tried it at Kansas, but he did it wrong. He tried it. He drove from the... He came from the inside. Yeah. He needed to enter from the top and be on the wall when he entered and then go all the way around, and it might have worked. Uh, we've seen at Darlington, we've seen it tried a couple times. Kyle Larson did, tried it last year. didn't work. And this year in the Xfinity race. Sheldon Creed. Sheldon Creed tried it. And it got about halfway around the corner before it quit working. And so 
I wonder how much the car had to do with that. But just, and he said he did it playing video games as a kid. I think the first time I ever saw a race car do that was on GameCube 2005 GameCube like console. I don't know if anybody else in the world had those, but we did. And my brother Chad beat me uh, doing it at the fictitious, I think it was Dodge Raceway. And he said that he came off turn two and said, well, why don't I try this? It wasn't premeditated. I don't know. I wonder if it wasn't. You know, if they didn't spend some time working on it in the film or, you know, I wonder, yeah. right? Yeah. And because how do you, like, how does just, that just pop in your head? I mean, I don't know. I'm not a video gamer. I, did, I, I grew up just past the video game thing. And, yeah. but, I mean, what an incredible move. What an incredible show of resilience. Never quit. Do anything. Try anything. I mean, just incredible. I mean, I feel like I've done this for a long time. I hadn't done it as long as Kyle or DJ and those guys, but I've never seen anything to compare it to. Watching it in person was like, I initially, for that one millisecond, thought his throttle hung and that somehow he had made the wise decision to put it against the wall for just a millisecond. And then I recognized, oh, this is on purpose. And seeing it in person... I, it, it looked so, he was so much faster than everybody else, it didn't look real. And it on TV it doesn't either, but in person it didn't look real. It looks like he's running at two or three times speed versus normal speed Nuts. below him. Yeah. Nuts. And, I mean, hey, I, I all credit to him. I mean, Denny Hamlin has got to be, had to wake up this morning doing, what the hell? Yeah. You know, all credit to him. Uh, again, a sign of I'm going to do anything, which is exactly why Justin Marks hired him. And he said that after the race in his interview, I think, with Dylan Welch. Justin Marks said... I mean, honestly, it just goes back to the fact that we've got somebody sitting in this race car that wants it more, I think, than anybody else out here and, and, and will will rethink what's possible. Sometimes you have to be willing to do things that other people just won't do and just put online, and that's what Ross Chastain's been all about all that's year. What, and Ross Chastain has been all about that all year long. He's calmed his driving down. If you think about the playoffs, he's been really smart. Being a fast race car driver, but a smart race car driver, put them in position to go to Phoenix. And then to do it, though, to cap it all off, he had to do that. He had to go somewhere that other people wouldn't go. And think about things in a way that other people don't think about it. And so I've been critical of Ross and how he has been in so many wrecks that were his fault. But I've never been critical of Ross and his care and his effort and his dedication and his want to. Those things are, 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 are real, and that's what makes him a really good race car driver. We saw it again on Sunday. I mean, the willingness to do things that other people won't do and be comfortable with the outcome. That's what's made Ross Chastain. That's what's got him here. I mean, honestly, that's what's got him here. He's yeah. made some people mad along the way, but he's done what he's had to do to get himself to be a full-time cup driver, great, driving great equipment, and now he's racing for a championship. And it all starts with that want to and that desire and willingness to be comfortable when others aren't. I want to go back to what you said, Jeff, about the sim, because Ross is a little bit cagey, I think, sometimes in revealing exactly how much prep he does. He clearly does a ton of homework and a ton of prep. And this reminded me a little bit, he didn't really own up to this move either, but at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course this year, he's the guy on that final restart who takes the escape route because NASCAR hasn't really put out a discernible, like specific rule here. And he essentially just passes everybody and almost shoots in the lead and, and wins the race, doing something that no one else had thought of, no one else had done. 
Martinsville Speedway has been around since 1947. Has this move always been sort of available? But I guess to your point, the car just hasn't really been there. I, <laughs> I mean, don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> has any driver just looked at this and said, you know what, maybe if I just pin it against the wall and mash the throttle, I'll be able to pass everybody. You know, I heard Joey say, uh, Joey Logano say that we all did it racing video games, yeah. right? I was just ahead of the video game stuff. Like when, you know, just as a, younger guy i video games atari you know with frogger you know like it wasn't <laughs> wasn't very realistic right so i never got into it at all and but when you hear those guys talk about we all we you know and i remember watching harrison play racing games and they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff right and i'm like what right. the hell are you doing like, what, you know that's not real life right but yeah just i don't know that it's always been available or not i i, I don't know if you did that in a truck or an xfinity car what the result late model I don't know what the result would be. Yeah. I just don't know. I think we're going to find out because if you're a race car driver, so Justin Mark's comments, I don't agree that he wants it more than everybody else. Hmm. I don't agree with that. I think that's disrespectful to all the other drivers out there. I will agree that he is willing to do some things that others won't. That doesn't mean he wants it more. That means that he's willing to do some things. He's willing to think differently than some other people do, Right. But I don't think he wants it more than Tyler Reddick or Ryan Blaney or Chase Elliott, you know what I mean, or any anybody. But he is willing to think out of the box, and he's he's learning he's learning how to be comfortable with who he is. And that really got pushed this year, right? It really did. And I think that Ross was trying to figure out, okay, how can I be successful, be selfish, uh, which which I think you have to be, fit into this. I don't need to be buddies with all of them, but I do have to fit in, right? And how do I do all that, right? And and then we saw, in my opinion, we've seen in the last several races, be really smart in how he raced. Didn't get himself in trouble, lived to fight another day, got really good finishes, and then he does this. <laughs> right. And, and it shows you what he's willing to do, and it shows you that his, I think Justin said it well, he thinks about, willing to think about things differently. And... You know, that part I will agree with 100%. Yeah. Because, because no one else has tried it at Martinsville. I mean, it did get tried at Darlington, but it got tried at Darlington a little bit with desperation. Like, not even that, but part of a, you know. But it was, uh, I don't know. I mean, it was fun to see. It was a crazy moment. A, a one of the most memorable moments in the sports history. It has to be. And now where do we go from here? And that's a little bit of my concern. So if you're driving a late bottle at the, the big late model race at Martinsville next fall, and you're running second, and you just saw Ross Chastain do this, well, what do you do? Yeah. Right? And so I think that we do have, as a sport, we do have a question to ask ourselves. Where do we go from here? Which I think Ross could take a lot of pride in. When you make an industry think about how you deal with something that you just did in a positive way, that's a that's a Ultimate compliment, in my opinion. Well, so we've still got one race left to go here. We've got the championship race at Phoenix. And Steve Wittart was saying this morning that he thinks teams are probably in the simulator today, Monday morning, figuring out, can we do this in turns three and four? You know, all this talk about always, oh, do you cut the dog leg at Phoenix? Now it's like, can we pin it against the wall like Ross Chastain did at Martinsville and try to gain spots that way? After Martinsville, Kyle Larson said that this was embarrassing. Joey Logano said NASCAR needs to address it. I guess two questions. First, we'll address, d does NASCAR need to come out and do something about this prior to Phoenix? Do they need to lay out some new ground rules for Phoenix based on what happened at Martinsville? So, listen, I, 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 
probably no one sits on the fence in this conversation, right? I always, you know, I'm always trying to find a little bit of middle ground and solutions. So the reason it was spectacular and the reason it was amazing is because such a rare event. If at the last lap of every race, someone is up there against the wall trying to make this happen, it becomes no longer spectacular. It becomes whatever it becomes. Like, it, it's not always going to work. And it won't work in a truck the way it would in an Xfinity car, the way it would in a curve car. I, I don't know which would it work and not. I don't know. But at some point, it becomes, if that's the way you have to run the last lap of a race, or I mean, why wouldn't you do it qualifying? Why wouldn't you do it qualifying and get the number one spot, get your backup car out, start in the back, and have the number one spot on the, on pit road? You know, so it starts this spiral. Slippery slope. Yeah, if you yeah. were, if you were, let's say you were uh, one of the Xfinity teams. Number one pit box at Phoenix gets determined off qualifying at, at Martinsville, and you know you're in the playoffs. Well, just wrap it around turn three and four and run two seconds faster than everybody else. Destroy your car, get the backup out, run 15th in the Xfinity race, but you know you're P1 on pit road the next week. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I hear people say, you know, it's stupid to be thinking about a rule, it's stupid to be, but you got to think down the road. Because once you open Pandora's box, you know, what's going to come flying out of it? And so, all credit to Ross Chastain. And I am in no way, I have no negative feelings about what Ross Chastain did. When I look at how does it affect what you do in the future, it's real. Because teams and drivers will find a way to manipulate everything. And now you've shown people that you can do it and you can, it can work if you do it a certain way. And so, I think it's foolish to just say, well, that was great, it was awesome, so we shouldn't think about it anymore. I think that's a stupid way to look at things. You have to look at how this affects the things down the road. You can say it was awesome and also say, well, we, is that what we want to see every week? And when people say, well, we, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, it's never worked before, we're never going to see it again, bullshit. They're wrong. You're going to see it attempted way more than you've ever seen it attempted before because it worked. Yeah. Nobody tried it before because Carl Edwards tried it, it didn't work. Kyle Larson almost made it work. Sheldon Creed almost made it work. And you can't tell me people didn't watch that for Darlington thinking, hey, you know what? Because I can tell you I did. It's been in the back of my mind, and I got a kid that races, and I can guarantee you before Darlington we were going to be having a conversation about this. So NASCAR should address it before the title I think something has to be addressed, and I think there should be a detailed conversation about it. Like what does need to be addressed? And – It'd be silly just to, to bury your head in the sand and say it doesn't matter. Let them do whatever they want. What if Keselowski and Hamlin get together, coming to get the checkered, Keselowski spins up into the outside wall. Ross Chastain is hitting him going 60 mile an hour faster. He was entering turn three as they were exiting pretty much turn four. There so if they get together, no, he's sailing into that with no hope no way stopping. he could have stopped. No way. What if those two weren't as far around the corner as they were when he called them? They were, they were on the, the uh, straight. There's conversations that have to be had about it. And that doesn't mean that I didn't think it was an awesome move. It just means that whenever something like that happens, it can change the sport. And is it a good change? Is it a bad change? I mean, we don't have tandem drafting anymore. There was nothing not pure about that. We did it because it worked. Got rid of it. So we've seen it before. Somebody brought up Frank Stoddard and I with the rule. We got him at the All-Star race. There wasn't a rule, and we took advantage of it. Well, then they created a rule. I mean, that's a fair point. So it wouldn't happen again. So it'd be foolish not to look at it. Should they address it? I think so. Uh, but it's got to be addressed in the right way, and that's, that's where it gets difficult. For Phoenix? I would like to see him address it for Phoenix. Yes, I would. Would it be as simple as creating a rule that says 
if you ride the wall in the last lap, you can't gain a spot? I think it would be as simple as saying is if in our judgment you use the wall to create an advantage the way Ross Chastain did at Martinsville, you're going to be the last car to lead lap. Long term, because it's due to the car, should they look at ways? I don't see how you do it. The, the car is pretty much a baked I think you ha- Yeah, I think yeah. you have to. I think if, you, if, the, if the industry decides it's not in the best interest of the sport, then I think you have to just you almost have to make a rule, and I hate saying this, but you almost have to make a rule. It's a it's a judgment call because you can't have a guy going up hitting the wall, you know, and right. he gains a spot. And you're like, oh, he touched the wall. Like, you can't have that. But if you deliberately, you know, if you Ross Chastain it, <laughs> there's going to be a penalty. Like, yeah, just that simple. And there'll be a million questions from it, but you'll know it when you see it. And NASCAR would have to make the call, and I hate that. Yeah, because I've heard you say it a million times. The problem with rules is when you make them, you have oh, to enforce that. them. The second part of this question I want to get back to, Kyle Larson said he thought this was embarrassing. It was a moment that went viral. The tweet with the video on the NASCAR NBC account has been viewed more than 5 million times as we <laughs> sit here talking today. So it's not as if this was bad for NASCAR in terms of exposure. Does it put NASCAR in a bad light at all because of the way it I looks? Don't, like I don't think so. I, listen, I, I think it's just simply a guy going the extra mile to make something happen. This is something we see every week. It was an extraordinary move made by somebody that was very hungry, make, trying to make something happen. The problem is it becomes embarrassing if it's every week. I don't see how you couldn't say that. I don't see how anybody that's been around racing and understands what racing is about could think that that being part of the sport here moving forward on a weekly basis is a good thing. Because it's not. At that point, it's not a good thing. This was great for NASCAR. And so here's where the beef. Like, here's where somebody, people say, oh, my God, it was great for NASCAR. You hated it, so you don't understand it. You're trying to ruin my sport. <laughs> it can be great. And not great long-term. I mean, not everything that happens, we need to keep doing it. And that's what's gotten us in trouble in the past. Like, we need to recognize, okay, that was a great moment, and he should be celebrated for that moment. 100%. But I'm not so sure we need to see it every week. And I'm not saying we would. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know where this would go. I'm all for celebrating the move and giving Ross Chastain a ton of credit for having just the foresight, the ingenuity, whatever you want to call it, to make this move, the bravery. But all that being said, what makes me a little bit leery about it, maybe I'm too namby-pamby about this, but this has been a season in which there have been head injuries. And we just had Tyler Reddick tweet today that he left his car during the race Sunday because... His head wasn't right after he got hit in his car, and he's going to see a doctor to make sure he can get cleared for Phoenix. Does it feel awkward at all to celebrate a guy driving <laughs> into a wall at 130 miles an hour? Man. I, I mean, I don't want to, like, we uh, Listen, you know? we celebrate. What's awesome about race car drivers is they're willing to do things most people won't. Right. And Ross Chastain was comfortable doing it, and so I don't have a problem with that part of it. I mean, I don't have a problem with hardly any of it other than where does it lead us from here. And if, now, I will say this. I heard some comments today that, because some people don't believe we should do this moving forward. They're trying to ruin the sport. What a s- silly take. Like, their opinion disagrees with you, so you, they're trying to ruin the sport. They're intentionally, they're intentionally trying to ruin my sport. Come on. A driver making a comment about what he thinks is in the best interest of the sport it's not intentionally trying to ruin the sport. That's his opinion on what could help the sport. It might be different than yours. It's completely disrespectful for someone just because they disagree with you. They're trying to ruin the sport. That's what's gotten us in this shape we're in the country now, where we can't have conversations and debate, right? You and I could sit here and argue like hell about something, and we're going to leave here and go drink a beer and have respect. Right. 
But how do you how can you show how can you say that you're being disrespected because they don't believe you by telling them by disrespecting them? And there's a lot of that going on right now. That's silly. Like it's okay to have a discussion about where we are as a sport and how to move it forward, even if we disagree on how to do that. Everybody takes that thing so personal, man. I don't understand it. Ad hominem attacks, man. They're bad. God. Before we leave Ross Chastain, I just want to go back to he deserves a ton of credit for being brave enough to do this. And I agree with you. Like I, I think Justin Marks is a little bit flawed in saying that it's not that anybody wants it more than Ross. It's just that Ross is willing to maybe do things that other guys wouldn't. I mean, is he braver? Is he, is he crazier in some ways that he's willing to do that where maybe another driver wouldn't? Or I guess it maybe is it just as simple as other drivers didn't think of it. Like maybe if Chase Briscoe I, I, or Ryan Blaney knows I, that's going to work, yeah. I, hey, I'll try it. I think that most of them, if they believed it would work, would be willing to try it. Now, most of them weren't thinking that way. I mean, it's out-of-the-box thinking, right? Like, it's not. Like you said, it's Ross Chastain. I mean, uh, yeah, Dale right. Jr., who raced for how many years, and I, who raced for how many years, <laughs> we're looking out a window doing, what the hell are we watching, right? right. And, I mean, we wouldn't have thought about it. or I, do, I damn sure wouldn't have. I shouldn't speak for Jr., but I, I certainly wouldn't have thought about it. So, Christopher Bell, who you have said since midseason, Jeff, I'll give you a ton of credit. After his New Hampshire win, you came on the NASCAR NBC podcast and talked about how you thought he's – the fastest guy at Joe Gibbs Racing, and he'd been saying that. And now it's empirically true. He's the only Joe Gibbs Racing driver who has advanced to the championship for, and he's done it in this clutch way twice in a row. He, he won at the Roval to get to the round of eight. He wins at Martinsville to get to the championship four. What more can you say about Christopher Bell in the number 20? He's ready, and we know what kind of talent he is. You know, he's with Adam Stevens, who has experience, been there, done that. Christopher Bell now has the right amount of his own experience, been in these pressure-filled situations. He's ready. He's ready to show the world what he can do. And I, I find it, I think he's just an exceptional talent. And he's got the right mindset. He's focused on racing. And he's intently paying attention all the time. And he's just good. And he's only going to get better. when I And then – Mainly when I look at him in his eye, and I've known him for a long time, he's super confident I belong here, Christopher Bell. He's always been a little bit, to me, not exceptionally confident. Like question himself a little right. bit. I don't see that at all today. When I look and talk when I look at Christopher Bell and talk to Christopher Bell, he knows he belongs here. He believes he can win this championship. Not a question in my mind. And I think when you take that much talent, add experience confidence they become very very dangerous do you think some of that insecurity might have been the fact that he, he didn't come from the stock car background he's not used to running the longer races it was just sort of a matter of getting accepted like the talent was always there it just needed the experience well so contrary to what a lot of our fans base think you don't get here without being successful and you also don't get here without um, help and if you're not successful you're not going to be here and he knows that and so there's always this insecurity of, do I belong? Can I make it? Can I? And if you're not, then you're arrogant, right? Because you're going against Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin. And th think about who is in his own team that he has to beat. That's a lot to ask. And, you know, he's found a way to do it. So I think that some of his past insecurities was just the simple, this is hard. And I, if I don't make it, I'm, I'm, what am I doing the rest of my life? And I think that a lot of race car drivers have that. What do you think that team has in terms of being a, not just driver? He's clutch. But, I mean, Adam Stevens had to make two critical pit calls to win both of these races as well. He's a two-time champion crew chief. Maybe it's that simple. But does that team have something extra? So a little bit of it has been 
they had no choice. Yeah, true, true. And I don't mean that any disrespect. I have so much respect for Adam Stevens. But we talk a little bit about how I don't believe it's an advantage, but it does give you a clear path and what you have to do when you're in must-win situations. Chase Briscoe doesn't stay out on old tires if he wasn't in a must-win situation. So some of those strategies get made, your your situation forces you into making them. So no disrespect to Adam Stevens at all, but it kind of laid out there for him, I got to do this. And then he made the right call. He didn't stay out on old tires. He decided to pit, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my guy on offense. But there's no advantage in not being ahead in points. You know, but there is, but it does clear the pathway for your decision sometimes. So you mentioned it earlier, Denny Hamlin. I mean, if you would have told Denny Hamlin, you're going to win both stages, you're going to finish fifth in this race, I think he would have liked his chances of advancing. But I mean, Bell seizes the moment when, no other way to say this, Hamlin's pit crew pretty much fumbles this away. I mean, it looked like Denny Hamlin was in position to win this race until the number 11 crew had three fairly mediocre stops. Denny Hamlin's still without a championship. Now he's not going to be in the championship round for the first time since 2018. Empathy for mm-hmm. what Hamlin's gone through here? Yes, yeah. yes. I, 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 they're a really good race team. He's a, he's a really good race car driver uh, in position, doing his job, and they just didn't deliver. And it's just that simple. I mean, pit road is vital, and, and you have to have good pit stops, and you, you have to deliver when the, the moment's big, and, and they just didn't. I mean, it's just that simple. They didn't deliver. And you lost track position, and it, you, it was very difficult to pass until tires rolled. Once tires rolled, we saw a lot of passing. But it took a while for that to happen, and we kept losing those spots, and it wasn't enough race, race time left in the race to make them up. And so, yeah, I, I have a lot of empathy for Denny Hamlin. I, he's, a, he's a Hall of Fame race car driver that may never win a championship. And um, who knows what would have happened, but certainly we do know this. If he would have had better pit stops, he'd had a much better shot. It is a team sport, and we take pit crews for granted. They're the special teams of NASCAR. I mean, you know, you expect the field goal kicker to kick the 38-yard field goal. It's not as easy as they make it look. You know, they worked really hard. The Gibbs pit crews, they were all the news early in the year, right? They've changed the way they're doing things, and they went all in on pit stops, and it looked like their strategy was we got beat, we lost the championship because pit stops, and we're not going to have that happen again, and they went all in on pit crews, and it didn't work out. It wasn't from lack of effort. But it just, you know, it worked out for Bell, but it didn't work out for, for Denny and Gabehart. And, and I have empathy for Chris Gabehart, too, because I, yeah. I have so much respect for Chris. And, and he's a racer's racer, and I'm a huge fan of his. I uh, love talking to him. I get smarter every time I talk to him. And, you know, I have a lot of a lot of empathy for him as well. He's got that perfect blend of, like, old school racer and new school engineer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 I really like Chris. So moving on, another driver you might feel some empathy for going back to the Saturday Xfinity race, Brandon Jones. Gets clobbered by his teammate, Ty Gibbs, on the last restart. Ty Gibbs won the race. Brandon Jones gets eliminated from the championship four. Joe Gibbs and Coy Gibbs both addressed this afterward. Joe Gibbs said that every week is a learning experience for Ty. He hopes he learns from that, that Joe Gibbs Racing didn't want this to happen. Coy Gibbs, who, of course, is Ty Gibbs' father, said that they were disappointed and that he's told Ty he needs to temper his aggression. Looking forward to Phoenix now, Jeff. How do you think this plays out? I mean, Ty Gibbs is already racing against three junior motorsports cars. There's no, there's a fourth car, and now there's Brandon Jones who's going to be racing for junior motorsports next year. Is Ty Gibbs 
maybe racing against five JRM cars in a way with Brandon Jones switching teams early for, for Phoenix. This is going to come back on him right away, do you think? Not with Brandon. I mean, Brandon's such a nice young man. Like, I don't I don't know that that's what he's about. I, I do think that he won't get any breaks from him. And uh, I think that if he's around Brandon, Brandon's going to race the hell out of him. But I don't see Brandon, you know, wrecking him. They might wreck while they're racing because Brandon's not giving him any room. That could happen. I do think that, and we talked about this with Ross Chastain a lot, that really never happened. Like all the payback talk, you know, that, you know, there were some things, but nothing, you know, that really paid him back. But you do write a permission slip to those because everybody's watching. And so if you're willing to wreck your teammate to win a race, you damn sure know he was willing to wreck you to win a championship. So if drivers go by the creed of I race them the way they race me, then he's given everybody a permission slip. And I don't think the junior motorsports drivers will race each other like that. But they all are probably willing to race him like that because he showed that he's willing to do that. And every one of those junior motorsports drivers that I listen to make comments like, we don't do, we, we, we don't do that here. We don't do that here. We're a team here. Now, they're going to race each other hard, really hard. And they might wreck, but it'll simply be a racing incident. But I don't think that same courtesy be given to, to Ty. Ty better be really fast and get away from him. And um, don't give them an opportunity. Because Ty clearly said to the world, I, I don't know how more clearly you could be. Right. right. That I'm going to do what I got to do to win a race. So that means that you can do it to him. And going back to what Joe Gibbs said, that every week is a learning experience for Ty. I mean, he's still very young. He's going to the Cup Series, we think, next year. It hasn't been announced yet. But is Ty Gibbs ready to go to the Cup Series based on what you've seen? I have been the guy saying Ty Gibbs should go cup racing because of his talent. There are moments like these that I wonder if he's mature enough. And when I talk to Ty, I leave convinced that he is. Ty has been very open. We've had really good conversations, casual, running to each other. And Ty's always been nothing but respectful to me and giving me time. And But what I watched on Saturday, you know, what Ty said was he made a mistake. Right, he was trying to move him out of the way, right? Which I'm okay with. He felt like he got moved out of the way earlier, you know, on the restart. So he moved him out of the way, right? Like I'm, I'm okay with that. We, we can't have it both ways. We can't see, we can't say, oh, you know, drivers shouldn't help a guy win a championship and then condemn them when they race each other hard. So I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is when you do do that and you celebrate, like you don't give a damn, like you don't care that that was your grandfather's race car that you just wrecked. You don't care that the team members that could have been, that are in your shop could have had a chance to compete for a championship. You don't care that Brandon Jones has been at Joe Gibbs Racing for the amount of time that he's been there. You don't care. It's only about you. And it's his family's team. And he should be more aware of how that affects his family than anyone else. I'm not sitting here saying he wrecked him on purpose, but show some remorse. I mean, show... Apologize to Brandon Jones' sponsor I mean, who's paying man, your family money. My right? man Burns, the coming to the checkered, is celebrating already. I mean, yeah. he is so excited and so happy and so elated about what and proud of himself. That's the problem I got. And so can we not take a step back and recognize the damage done to the people that love you and the people that have given you this opportunity that, by the way, you have chosen, you have shown you deserve. My man can drive a damn race car. 
So when people say he's just Joe Gibbs' grandfather, okay, fine. Guess what? Richard Petty gave Kyle Petty a chance. Davey Allison got a chance by Bobby Allison. This is a family sport, and there are families that help, right? That kid has proven that he's a race winner. He's proven it. So forget the he's a silver spoon, da-da-da-da-da-da. He's proven he can win races. Yes, he's had breaks and opportunities, but he's proven he can do it. So when you ask me, is he ready to cup race? We already know how much harder Cup is than Xfinity. He's shown it to us. If you took Todd Gillen, Harrison Burton, Ty Gibbs, and put them in Xfinity, they'd all be racing like hell for the wins. But here, they race for 20th, every one of them. It's a lot harder. And so Ty, in my opinion, has done a good job in the Cup car. He had the mistake on pit road, made that mistake. Other than that, he stayed in his, like he's run 20th, 25th, 28th, struggled, Hasn't caused wrecks. Has, you know what I mean? He's done a nice job in a difficult situation. So the driving part of it, yeah, I've been impressed with him in a cup. Others have not been. I'm the opposite. I'm like, okay, he's running 28, but he's not so mad that he's, you know, spinning the thing out, wrecking it. Like, right? He's not doing those things. He should, be, he should be commended for those things. I just, I didn't like, and it doesn't matter what I think, right? But I didn't, it concerns me that he couldn't take a step back from his own personal gain and recognize how it affected more than just that one race car driver and not a competitor. That team is not a competitor. They're a teammate owned by your grandfather. So that concerned me. I think Ty Gibbs is a respectful young man. I think, like I said, he has always treated me for respect. He's a really good race car driver. He's got a great future. He's got to find a way, and it's hard to do. He's got to find a way for the young man that you sit down and talk to to know when that dude needs to come out and when Selfish tie needs to come out. You have to have a split personality. You have to. The very best can do it. Joey Logano is the very best at it. Ty's got to find a way to do that. I think he can, for sure. And he's got to let some people help him. And you can't put your grandfather in that situation. You know what I mean? It's not fair to put your grandfather in that situation. Not fair to put your father in that situation. you got to take a step back and see the big picture. And I will say this, in defense of Ty, it's coming a few weeks after a conversation about helping a teammate and a guy got penalized for helping a teammate. <laughs> yeah. This was definitely the antithesis of that. So you can't – don't look at this in a vacuum. He's got that he's got to deal with. He's struggling on Sundays. He's trying to win races. He's a hungry race car driver. He's a young man learning how to do all this. He's doing it in front of the public. But he signed up for it. Nobody's making him do it. Just like the Bubba Wallace thing, like you can come out of this stronger. Like you can come out of this smarter, stronger, and better if you're willing to, right? And I think he is. I don't think – I think Ty Gibbs wants to be in this sport, and he wants to win. He wants to beat your ass, which is awesome. That's how he should be. But he's got to, he just has to do better than what we saw on Saturday. Maybe next year, when we all expect he'll be in the Cup Series and he's not in the, the bright lights as much, maybe those hard knocks he takes, those lessons will get imparted a little bit easier than they were when he's up front contending for victories. Well, I, and that's what I, I think he's done that. I mean, I think what he's done on Sundays has been really good, and I think it's been good for him. And I think that might add to his Saturday, i got to get you. You know what yeah, I mean? Good point. Because I'm running 30th in this thing. What is going on? What's happening? And over here I can win. And that, you know, that probably has something to do with it, too. Sunday certainly is the big stage. 
and we'll close out by talking about next Sunday at Phoenix, the Cup Championship 4 preview. So four drivers, Joey Logano, Christopher Bell, Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, going for the title. I was looking at this earlier today, Jeff, and it's interesting because you've got two guys in Logano and Elliott. I mean, former champions, they clearly have the experience edge. But you look at the other two guys, I mean, Bell and Chastain, they certainly have the momentum. Chase had a decent Martinsville the first two stages, but kind of faded. Logano, he probably, you know, he's already qualified, so maybe he, they were looking at it differently. But... I feel like you can make a case <laughs> for each of these drivers. And with the season we're having, I mean, certainly expect the unexpected. I wouldn't be surprised if any of these guys wins the championship. The biggest, the biggest challenge pre-race and going into the race with the right mindset, I think, is going to be Ross. Because he's a very private person, doesn't really want to hang out with a bunch of people, and he is not going to be able to do that. All the way up until the race, he's going to be – Dealing with uh, media like he's never dealt with before. Every minute of his life will be scheduled from like Wednesday onward through Sunday in the green flag. Now, some of his altercations throughout the year prepared him for it, right? Being put in awkward situations where you have to defend yourself, you have to, right? Some of that's helped prepare him. Two have been here, done that. Joey Logano is going to go in there and be comfortable. Chase Elliott's going to go in there and be Chase Elliott. He's the same no matter what. Even Christopher Bell, he's two walk-off, must-win situations, and he gets it done. He's ready for this, and he's raced for championships. He's raced, He's been here. He's done that. I think the nerves will be – does Matt – we saw with Denny Hamlin. They don't have to deal with Harvick messing with them, you know, so <laughs> that'll make it a little easier <laughs> on them. But, but it'll be interesting to see what how they look, you know, on Thursday, you know, how they feel around the media, how they feel, right? Because that does transfer. It knocks you off of your – your rhythm. You hear Super Bowl players talk about it. The whole week before the game is completely different. NBA players talk. They all talk about it, and it's real. So who can put all that behind them? As far as who's the fastest, I'm going Christopher Bell. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, is Joey Logano leading a bunch of races right now? Is Chase Elliott leading a bunch of races right now? Is Ross Chastain leading a bunch of races right now? This is where I think you can make a case for all of them because, like, again, like, Bell won New Hampshire. That's got some similarities to Phoenix. Yeah. But Chastain finished second in Phoenix to Briscoe in March. And Joey yeah, Logano's won there twice. You don't care about that. <laughs> Joey Logano's won there twice. Chase Elliott won the championship by winning in Phoenix in 2020. But you like Bell. I like Bell, but you said it best. Every, any one of these four can win this championship. And, and this is the year that one of them won't. <laughs> one of them won't win the race. There's so many good teams out there. Kyle Larson, owner championship. So you think this will be the year the champion doesn't win the race for the first time ever? This is the best opportunity for that to happen. <laughs> I don't, who the hell? 19 winners if this anybody season. Says this what, if anybody year. says they know what's going to happen in 2022, <laughs> they're definitely lying. But this is the best possibility for it to happen, especially since there's really a fifth car in there with, with Kyle Larson racing for the owner championship because he's, in his mind, he's racing for the championship. He's motivated. And by the way, that's where all the money is. Right. When I say that, you're not racing just for your money because the driver gets just a fraction of the money that gets paid. You're racing for everybody in that shop shares on that money in some form or fashion. And it's a big difference. <laughs> right. Between it's a much larger. And that's the reason why Chastain's move was so important because with that last lap move, he knocked Chase Elliott out of the team owner. He took a chance away from Rick Hendrick. Another chance, two shots. Now he's only got one. And if now if Chastain wins the championship, Trackhouse gets that team owner money. So Larson's going in there wanting to win, even though his name won't be on So really you have five going at it. And that changes the game, especially when it's Larson, because he's always going to be a threat. But, you know, it. it <laughs> I say that this is the best chance. I think it is the best chance for somebody to win the race that doesn't win the championship. But we also have seen 
drivers and team rise to a whole another level. And I think some of that is if you're Denny Hamlin, you're deflated. If you're, I mean, those guys that didn't make it, they're all deflated. And it's hard. To, it's hard to bring the same enthusiasm and the same. And it matters. It's so hard to bring that same. And now we're not just talking about another race. We're talking about a championship race. And stage points don't matter for those guys. They can approach it as like all four of them are just like we're here to win. Nothing else matters. Correct. And and one of them were on rail at some point in the race, and they'll have to do some stuff. And you know who they get out. You get a. You actually get a real practice this weekend. Who right. can take advantage of that? You know, it's a different race. The championship race is a different race than every other race. It is. It's The prep is different. The amount of time the driver has to spend doing things other than just prepping for the race. They're going to be in Arizona when normally they'd be in a sim. I mean, it's you're there a day earlier, at least a day earlier. In some cases, two days earlier. It's a different It's a different weekend, and it does matter. There's no question that it matters. You wake up Sunday, and you got a long time before the race starts, and you know what's on the line. And although it's an awesome experience, it's what you fought your whole life to do, it's stressful as hell. <laughs> and they, anybody that says it's not, it's lying. It's stressful. But I like Bell for a lot of reasons. Number one, I think they got the fastest car. Number two, he's had two moments where you had to deliver and he did, so he knows he can do it. Let's do it again. The mayor has spoken. I like Kyle Larson to win the race. I'm not even going to try to pick a champion. We'll see how it all plays out Sunday. Thanks for being here, Jeff. Thanks for having me. It's fun. We appreciate Jeff Burton for joining us on the NASCAR NBC podcast. Thanks to Motorsports Manager Emily Convoy for coordinating the mayor's appearance. So it all comes down to this. NASCAR is at Phoenix Raceway this weekend to crown champions in its three major national series. You can check out NBCSports.com NASCAR for detailed schedules, start times, and coverage as always. This is a weekend of must-watch events on NBC and Peacock. It all begins with the horses at the Breeders' Cup Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, followed by the Tigers, Clemson Tigers, taking on Notre Dame football in South Bend and capped off with Saturday Night Live. The action continues Sunday with the NASCAR Cup Series Championship at 3 p.m. Eastern and the Titans battling the Chiefs in Sunday Night Football starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. All of those events Saturday and Sunday on NBC and Peacock. And for the Cup Series, coverage of the championship season finale will get started Sunday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on NBC. If you have any NASCAR and NBC podcast feedback, you can send to me on Twitter at Nate Ryan is my name. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR and NBC podcast. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.